Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. One more, Hebrews 13, 5 says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Would you worship with me for a moment? Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your word, God. We pray that you bless each and every one in this place today, Lord. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise and glory, God. In Jesus' name, Well, my friends and family of God, you may be seated. You know, unconditional love is found in Jesus. And nothing that we can do, good or bad, can make him love us any more or any less. And unconditional love is powerful because it makes its recipients braver. If I know that I am loved no matter what, I might step out a little bit more often. I might, instead of just dipping my toe in, I might do a cannonball because no matter the result, love waits for me at the finish line. And we can move boldly into whatever God is calling us to do because we serve the God of no matter what. You know, when you go to a wedding anymore, it seems rare for people to say traditional vows, right? That's like, so yesterday everyone's kind of doing their own thing, they're writing their own vows, which is really special, but traditional vows say to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish for as long as you both shall live. It's a commitment. And sometimes it's hard to fathom that level of a commitment because we can barely commit to dinner with someone next week. It's like, I, it's going to be subject to change. Is that a sore throat? I, can't, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Marriage is a lifelong commitment. And the symbol of marriage in the kingdom of God is the relationship that God has with his bride, which is the church. And the church is known as the bride of Christ and the saints of God, God's people, make up the bride of Christ. I love that. And, you know, I was thinking, I can just imagine that when a sinner confesses their sins to God and asks for forgiveness and is baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with God's spirit, that God breathes a vow over them to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse. For richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish 
for as long as you shall live and into eternity, no matter what. I don't know about you, but that gives me confidence that even if I stumble, his unconditional love waits for me. And you know what? I believe God's just proud of us for trying. The only reason I stumbled, by the way, is because I was taking a step forward. We won't make mistakes unless we're trying. Mistakes are going to happen, and there will be times that we wish we wouldn't have done that thing, or if we could go back in time, we would definitely change it and do it differently. But God's love is faithful and just to forgive our sins. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We serve the God of no matter what. I heard someone say recently that three generations from now, no one is even going to know who you are or remember you. Isn't that sweet? Yet we're so concerned about what they will think, about what people will think, about what people will say, but or how this will even affect you. It's like, (laughs) three generations from now, they won't even remember you. So why not live out fully the life that God has given you? Why not wake up every day excited for another day, finding joy in the things that God has already placed into your hand, finding gratitude in that morning cup of coffee, or maybe finding gratitude that your your feet hit the floor for another day. If God peeled back the curtain, I really believe this. And if he showed each of us, each of you, what you were created for, I think some of you would like, I don't know, be shooketh. That's a word. No, just kidding. I don't know. (laughs) I've heard it. I don't know if it's a word. Okay. Because we've all told ourselves things like, I'm not good enough or I'm not capable, or I'm not qualified, or who would want to hear from somebody like me? Or I'm not able to speak into that person's life, or them over there, they're doing it better than I ever could, so why bother even trying? No, somebody needs you. You were created for a divine purpose greater than yourself, And when we understand that we serve the God, our Heavenly Father, of no matter what, that ought to give you a freedom and a holy boldness like you have never had before because no matter what, at the end of the day, the King of all kings, Lord of all lords, God of all gods, Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, loves me, and he loves you, and he's proud of you. And even if I trip today, guess what? I'm going to try better tomorrow. And the only thing I can continue to do is to walk forward in the path that God has laid out specifically for me. And, you know, I just have to say this really quick. Social media is kind of a killjoy sometimes because you're scrolling through and you're distracted by someone else's calling. Honey, you could pursue someone else's calling all day long and it ain't going to work out for you. You've got your own calling and you need to pursue that. Pursue the path that God has laid out specifically for you. Continue to walk in righteousness. Continue to do everything that you can every minute of every day to bring glory to the Most High God. Amen.
And you know, that can be in the, in the way that I get ready for work in the morning. Have you guys noticed? Some people have not recovered from the pandemic. It's like masks and pajamas are not an outfit. I don't, you know? The one time I didn't look good is when I ran into my kindergarten teacher at the grocery store. Like, great. No, I'm doing good, I promise. I'm, I'm doing okay. It's in the way that we get ready for work in the morning. It's in the way that we drive to work. Are you running people off the road? Be nice. <laughs> am I showing up for work early or on time, or am I running late every day? Am I giving it the same give it my all that I did when I first started, or have I started slacking off? Do I compliment my coworkers and praise them when they're doing a good job, or do I wait for them to do that for me? You know, one person has the profound ability to make such an impact in their workplace, in their home, and the way that they prepare dinners for their family and bring everybody around the table. We have the capacity and the ability to serve right where we are. And if you really stop and think about it, God has planted us each in specific mission fields, specific neighborhoods, specific households, specific workplaces to be a blessing, to be a light, to bring joy with us everywhere that we go so that people can look at us and say, I want what they have. Now, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I always am, but I just have to qualify this next statement. <laughs> I have met Christians that need Jesus. Okay? I have met Christians that to me are lacking something. It's like I want to say, do you know Jesus like I know Jesus? Because if you knew Jesus like I knew Jesus, you would have joy unspeakable and full of glory. My Bible says in Matthew 5:16, to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Some people need to turn their light on. And maybe they can't find the switch. A Christian label doesn't make you a light. A label doesn't make you a light. Oh, what do you mean about We've all worked for companies with managers that were doing everything but managing, right? Titles are empty unless there's action to back it up. I'm less concerned with calling myself a Christian and more concerned with living a life that glorifies Christ. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. He is my breath. He is my sunshine. He is my all in all. He's my first and he's my last. He's my joy. He's my purpose. He's my peace. He is everything to me. Thank you, Jesus. We serve the God of no matter what. Well, how do I make a difference in my community? How do I make a difference in my workplace? It's really simple. Just love people. If we revisit the two greatest commandments in the Bible, the first is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and might. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is to love, love, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. 
it's not your job to like show up with a clipboard and your checklist and tell people what they could be doing better. You know, this is kind of funny. Years ago, there was this guy that expressed an interest in me and he texted me and told me to pray a particular scripture over myself every single day. I'm like, hi, what's your name? We just met, okay? <laughs> well, he gave me the scripture reference, so like any reasonable human being, I Googled it, and this is the scripture. Psalm 51.10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Well, at the time he texted, I was with my parents, and I tell my mother everything. And I'm like, this guy, get a load. He's telling me to pray this scripture over myself every day. You pray it over, you stranger. Red flag, bye-bye. <laughs> I'm like, I smell controlling. Anyone else? <laughs> it's our job to love people no matter what, representing a God who loves us no matter what, and to pray for people. You know, this week my sister was talking to someone and I was with her and she said, it's our job to love people and to pray for them because God can work on people without offending them. Isn't that beautiful? Christians, yeah, that's good. Thank you, Jesus. Christians want to save the whole world, and, and that's exciting because we're so excited about what we have, and we're so excited about this experience, but judging people or telling people what they need to fix or stop doing or to change is actually going to push them away from God rather than sending them running to the feet of Jesus because we are representing the God of no matter what. Let's leave that scripture up for a second. We have got to want this for ourselves. Don't tell people what to pray or how to pray unless they ask for your help in that department. Just mind your own business. Isn't, you know what, there's so much going on. I'm just over here trying to mind my own business, okay? I'm just trying to get my own self up and ready for work in the morning. I don't have time to worry about everybody else. And you know what, we can't get to heaven on anyone else's commitment, on anyone else's salvation relationship walk with God. Can you imagine arriving to the pearly gates? Name, please. Some people think it's gonna be like the host stand at a restaurant, Bradley party of four. <laughs> I'm with the Bradley party. Sometimes it sounds like Brahe, but it's Bradley. Okay, no joke, I'm gonna tell you another quick story. After four years of college, it's graduation day. And we're in those little caps and gowns, and we get these cards so that we can write our name on it so that they can read it when we're crossing the stage. And some barely paid faculty member who got nominated by the rest of the team gets that job. Well, I hand this guy who looks like he's ready to go home my card, and all the parents are in the nosebleed section. There is no good seats when your kid is graduating college. Everyone's got binoculars, and they're like looking for their kid. I give the guy my card, and I'm marching across the stage, and he says, Jessica Brahe. 
somebody from like Arizona cheered for me because they felt bad and my parent, my dad's like a rule follower, they didn't say Bradley, that's not my kid. <laughs> so like I cross to the end of the stage and I'm just, you know, it's those big old things and my long hair and I, I'm like, you don't know it's your kid? Like what's going on? Like nobody cheered. By the time I hit the grass, it was like, oh, that's her, woo. <laughs> then Renee, lovely, her name gets said perfectly, and the cheering section goes wild. And I'm like. <laughs> but you know, we all get what we deserve, because she actually listened in class, and I was watching Food Network and how to make bacon-wrapped shrimp for a dinner party of six. So we all get what we deserve. But you know, thinking I can get into heaven on somebody else's relationship, on someone else's commitment, under someone else's name or salvation, is as ridiculous as thinking because I sat behind my sister in class and because she paid attention, I should get an A. We're all given the same opportunity. And when I get to those pearly gates, forget Bradley party of four, forget Bradley. When I get to those pearly gates, you can find me under J. Because when I went down into that watery grave and I was baptized in the name of Jesus, my sins were washed away and I took on a new name. I've been bought with a price. You can find me under J for Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. His name is over my life. He is the keeper of my heart. He is the lover of my soul. He is the author and finisher of my faith. He is my father. He is my king. He is my all in all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, there could be a long line at your favorite restaurant, but when they know who you are, it's like, yeah, come on. I got gotcha. you. When we're covered with the name of Jesus, we're not even going to have to say who we are when we get there. They're already expecting us. Traditionally, the bride takes on the name of the groom. And as the bride of Christ, we take on the precious name of Jesus. Isaiah 56 verse 5 says, To them I will give in my house and within my walls a memorial. I will give them an everlasting name which will not be cut off. Yes. Revelation 3.12 says, He who overcomes, I will write on him the name of my God. Yes. What's his name? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is so, so good. Okay, so back to the guy in the scripture. <laughs> Fast forward to present day, and I've prayed that scripture over myself recently. Not because you told me to, dude. Because I wanted to. Because I was ready. God created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And this is not me telling you what to do, but I highly recommend praying scripture over yourself because sometimes we don't even know what to ask for. 
sometimes we are so at a loss for words and we don't even know what to pray, but God's word is alive and it'll speak to you right in the season that you are in to the storm that you are facing and pray that scripture out loud. His word is the living word and God is his word. So just declaring that life over yourself, over your family, over your household. So I recently prayed this scripture over myself. God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And the most incredible thing happened. God showed me something that I needed to change. Before that, I thought it's not that big of a deal, like whatever. And God just gently nudged me about something. It took me a couple of days because it had become part of my habit, part of my routine, but I cut it out of my routine. And maybe the way that God shows you is going to be different than the way that God shows me, but that thing that you're doing, that you're carrying, involved in, watching, consuming, it will no longer bring you the same joy. And in fact, it's going to start to rub you the wrong way because it's no longer for you and it's no longer serving you. You know, if you've reached a plateau in God and maybe you've been in this, this relationship for most of your life, but you feel like you've just gotten stuck in a rut with God, one of the quickest ways to get closer to him is to say, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Because what we're really saying is, what do I need to remove? What roadblocks are hindering my path to you? I just want to be closer to you, Jesus. I just want to draw near to you, and I want to explore more of who you are. God is there. He is always with us, but our proximity is our own stuff. Our proximity is our own roadblocks or what we're putting between us and him. He's never moving, never changing. He's like, I'm right here waiting for you. Pastor has said this before, but some people come to God and they stop at his feet. Or some people get past his feet and they move to the hands of God. But I want to see the face of Jesus. I want to see people how God sees people. I want to know what brings God joy and what brings God disappointment. And a lot of this stuff is in the Bible, of course, but the more time that we spend with God, the more that we can know and understand the depths of his grace, his mercy, and his love for every human being. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. But we have got to want this for ourselves. And the God of no matter what, he's waiting and he's ready. He was there all the time. And when you are ready to open yourself up to him, he will be there. He always was. So what's our mission? We just have to love people. And if you love your neighbor as yourself, that's a different kind of love. Because I don't know about you, but you can screw up and then you're going to still love yourself at the end of the day. So we need to extend that same grace and love to our neighbors. Who are our neighbors? Our actual neighbors, our coworkers, our family, our friends. When they mess up, we still need to love them at the end of the day. 
And for people that have hurt you, I'm not saying like, talk, you know, I've told you guys before, toxic person, walk the other way. Love it. So if you've got a toxic relationship, don't throw a party for them and barbecue and invite them over. But I can love them from a distance. I can forgive them so that I have a clean heart before God. And I can pray for you because God can reach you without offending you. Amen. Romans 5, 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And remember just a few moments ago, I talked about declaring scripture over yourself. I'm declaring the next passage over you. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit. In the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. The God of no matter what. Would you stand with me? This altar is open today. And the God of no matter what waits for you. He delights in you. And today he's given you a one word invitation to come. To come as you are. And all that we've got to do is to take a step forward. And God is here. God's presence, it rests here. This is his house. And this is where he comes to meet with his people. I invite you to the altar today. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.